So there is no reason this morning why the Spirit of God can't move in this house. He said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I will be. Now, I saw hands raised, and I didn't ask for that, but I'm going to tell you now, the majority this morning, the majority knows who the Lord Jesus is. Folks, we're facing some, yeah, amen. We are facing some difficult times. I don't get political in the pulpit. I, for one, don't believe in it. I believe in the Word of God and the power of God. Amen. Kingdoms have rose and kingdoms have fallen. But I'm telling you now, I heard a guy this week talking that if he gets elected president, that he will try his best that if churches will preach against homosexuality and gay and lesbian and the cross-dressing and all that stuff, take away their 5013C status, meaning tax-exempt. And it saddens me how many people actually would agree with that. Ten years ago, people said, you know what? What is my homosexuality doing to you? Here we are 10 years later, that's what it's doing to us. What's the next 10 years hold? We got to meet somewhere secret to have church? And it's time for the church to stand up for the Lord Jesus. You might have to go to prison for it, but don't bow down and don't hide in a corner. Don't think you ain't got a word because you got the Spirit of God in you and He is wanting everybody to know who He is. And, and you want to know something? That's our duty. Think about the sin. One little bitty teeny weeny lie is enough to convict us to go to hell. Without the blood of Jesus Christ, that's exactly what will happen. We owe everything to him, don't we? Amen? We owe everything to our Lord and Savior. And he deserves to be worshipped. Amen? He deserves to be lifted on high. He deserves to be prayed to. We need to seek his counsel. He deserves to have the word that he gave us, the red letters, read and taken in and mulled over and hidden inside of our hearts so that our lives will reflect who he is. Now, the world's not going to accept that. I'm going to let you know that now. I'll honestly believe we're at a point of no return. Our jobs take as many as we can. I hate the devil, and I'd love to have him have a black eye. He already knows he's lost. He already knows where he stands. He's got his mindset. He hates God so much, he's going to try to keep every one of us from getting there. He's going to do everything he can to make us stumble and fall. He's going to go after our babies. He's going to go after their babies if time lasts. That's what he does. And you know how he does it? Through people. You and I got decisions to make every day whether or not we're going to let the devil lead us or if we're going to let the Lord lead us. Amen? I mean, that's straight-up talk right there. We make the decision. And um, it's time we start making decisions to stand up for the Lord. Amen? Amen. That's our duty. The red letters. We've been studying, and we're going to continue this week in the Sermon on the Mount. It goes for two chapters, five, six, and seven. Actually, three chapters, don't it? Do you know there's all red letters? I just now thought about this when you guys sang the song because I had no idea what you were singing. 
the first two verses in chapter 5 ain't in red letters. And everything else is in red letters till you get to the last two verses of chapter 7. Does everybody know what the red letters mean? I'm going to educate you if you don't. That's the words that Jesus spoke. I'll never hear from God. Pick your book up and read it. You'll hear from him. And I got news for you. I don't care how long you've been reading the Bible, how long you've been saved. You keep studying and digging into this word. It's just going to keep working more and more and more and more. And that's how we grow. That's how our lights shine in this dark world that we live in. Oh, excuse me. I'm going to do to you again what we did last week. I'm going to ask you to stand up for the reading of God's word. If you can, if you're able, that's good. If you ain't, that's fine. If you're just a knothead, you and Jesus can work it out. It's not my place. Verse 5, of chapter 5, verse 1 in Matthew. And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Didn't we already cover that in a few weeks back? Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. We covered that one last week. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We'll stop right there. Amen? Amen. What are we working on this week? Blessed are the meek. Let's read it. One more time, the devil needs to hear this. Inherit the earth. You can be seated. These beatitudes are actually attitudes that we should have. And they pretty much deal with Christian character, who we are. Shows who we are in the Lord. You see, your reputation is what others think about you. I told you last week, it's easy to come in here 10 minutes before the service, dressed to the nines, doing the church talk, doing all that, in here or anywhere else for that matter. Let's put it that way so that you all ain't taking it so personal. It's easy to do that for 10 minutes before and 10 minutes after. See you next week. And that's what people see. That's what people know. And sometimes we might not carry it outside of these doors. So the Lord has given the Sermon on the Mount. He's starting it out. He's given us the how-tos. He's telling us what we need. And the first one that we covered was, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And he's simply talking about salvation. If you don't get that part right, the rest of it doesn't matter. You can't pick something out and say, Well, I got that. You got to have salvation first, or you ain't going to have these others. 
The poor in spirit. Not talking about poor spirited people, but people who are poor in spirit. People who are hungry for the hand of God to move. Hungry to know who he is. That's the poor in spirit. He's not talking about the people that walk humped over like I do now. You know, oh, he's so humble. That has nothing to do with humility. That has nothing to do with being a humble person. What it has to do with is seeing ourselves compared to a righteous and holy God and knowing we have to have a Savior. Knowing that he loves us enough that he sent Jesus to die, to pay the price for us, but he didn't even stay in the grave. He got up to show I am resurrection and the life. That's what he was showing us. He also told us that it's good that I go away so that the helper will come, the comforter, the Holy Ghost. And he will be in you. And that's what we're getting to today. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. You see, when you're right with God, blessedness will find you. Now, you got an inheritance, folks. Ain't that what it says? You shall inherit the earth. Ain't enough money in this world. Ain't enough stuff in this world. I've got a few acres of land, Ryan, that you might get someday if the Lord works it out. Megan, sis didn't make it. Okay. But son, that's an eyedropper full compared to what God said. You shall inherit the earth. Whoa. Isn't that some big talk? Isn't that something that we take it for granted so many times, not really understanding what he's talking to us. But the world looks at meekness as weakness. And the world says that you need to be strong, you need to be powerful, you need to be popular, you need to have money, you need to be strong mentally. And that's the way that it is. They don't think this meekness thing is anything because they think meekness means weakness. But that's not it. I'm going to tell you, if you ain't ha- if you're having problems, oh, I'm going to shake the cane at you. <laughs> if you're having problems about meekness, or if you think you're there, if it's so weak, I'm going to challenge you on your own, try for the next week or two to be meek. Something will come up. Some situation's going to arise. And something's going to get revealed inside of our heart. Try it. If it is so easy, if it is so weak, how come it's so hard to do? Amen? And that's what the world tries to get people to see. In Matthew 11 and 28, Jesus said, Come unto me, all you who are labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Do you think Jesus is weak? The world would tell you that what we're, what the Jesus we're worshiping, that is weakness. Do you think he's weak? Think about it just for a minute. He spent 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness with wild beasts.
didn't have nothing to eat, he drank water. Wild beasts were there. The devil was coming at him. He spent 40 days and 40 nights in there, and he came out okay. When he got through with it, the angels came and ministered unto him. Do you think he's weak? No, he's not weak. He said he would give us rest. The same Jesus who is meekness, by the way. There's nothing in this word that he ain't. This is who he is. This is his character. And it's to be our character if we belong to him. But this same Jesus also made a cord, a whip out of cords and went through the temple whipping the money changers. Why? Because they was robbing the people. Does that sound like a weak man? No, no, it's not a weak man. The foxes have holes, uh, nests, and the, and the birds have, the, have nests, and the foxes have dens, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Sleep outside every day. Maybe you get invited to somebody's house for a night. Does he sound like a weak one to you? What about even going to the cross? He could have called down legions of angels and not had to do that, but that was the only way that it could be done, and he says, I'm going to get it done. He carried that cross. He got on that cross. Whenever he gave up the ghost, it happened because he said so. And he was resurrected all because of what the Father's doing. To show us the way. Does that sound like somebody weak to you? And yet he was meek. Think about it. And that's what we are to be. We are to be meek. I want to say it this way. Jesus was and is a man's man. Be like him. Don't be like the basketball player over here or this guy over there or whatever. No, you be like Jesus and everything else is going to work out just fine. Uh, the world's not going to like you. There's going to be some people that's going to love you. There's going to be some that ain't. But you don't sell out on Jesus because you're following the dude. You say, oh, don't say it that way. Well, he's the man. People always try to gravitate to little niches and little people, little places where people are, right? But if you hang out with Jesus, you're among the elite. He is the elite of the elite. That's who Jesus is. And whenever you hang out with him, you start getting like him. And when you start getting like him, people will notice that and you will notice that. So, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. You say, well, I don't know if I can be that. Well, Moses, in, in Numbers 12 and 3, said, Now Moses was a very meek, was very meek above all men which were born upon the face of the earth. Hmm, think about that. That's the Bible talking. That was until Jesus came, and then there was nobody else more meeker than him. But meekness... It's just as simple as this. It means yielded. You know what a yield sign is? You yield to oncoming traffic, right? You run that and they're coming. It's your fault if you get hit or if you run into them. Your job is to yield. Take a horse. Denise, you'll appreciate this. Take a horse. I got three of them. Anybody want them? Because I can't get back on them no more. Just raise your hand. Somebody's got to want something. You want the black one? Okay, I'll give them away one at a time. That'll work. <laughs> you know, sweetie likes 
the black one. But you take a horse. A horse is a wild animal. Isn't it? It's a wild animal that has a character that says it's going to flee. It don't fight, it flees. It's got some defensive mechanisms. It'll kick and do things like that. It'll bite. But you clap your hands when you're standing there and nothing's going on and watch them jump, maybe watch them take off. They are wild animals. They are big beasts, 1,000 or better pounds. And here's the thing. They get ready to run over you. They'll run over you, won't they, sweetie? And you ain't going to do nothing but fly and pray that you don't get stepped on and pray that... But the reason is, they are flight animals. They are wild animals. They're big, they're strong, and they run carefree whenever they're not pinned up and whenever they're not being worked with with people. But a horse can be broken. Right? See, the idea in a horse's world is this. And this does tie in. I hope y'all just hang with me. The idea in a horse's world, you get five horses together, it don't take long to figure out who is the strongest because he makes everybody else's feet move. He walks in, lays his ear back, drops his head. Now, if he's done kick somebody a time or two and they ain't real smart, they, they learn to keep an eye on that guy. He's the leader. If he sees trouble and he runs, they follow him. But when he walks into a room, they get out of his way. The one that can move the feet is the one that is the leader. So you take a horse and you put him in a round pen. Get your whip out, get a rope out or whatever, and you just make him move. And you don't let him stop. And when he wants to go the other way, you cut him off and make him go back the other way because he's afraid of that whip. What are you going to do, sting him a little bit? But he's afraid of that whip. He's afraid of what's going to happen. And so you keep him moving whichever way you want. And before long, that fellow will actually come up and hang with you because he is so in tune to you, he wants to know what you want next. You put a bit and bridle on them, you put a saddle on them, all these things are new to them, but before you know it, if you work with them, they'll do what you want them to do when you want it done. It's still a wild animal. It'll still kill you. By the way, it'll run you over and kill you. You can go over here and start eating grass and won't lose an ounce of sleep over it because it can't feel those things. But that's how this is. It is an animal that has now taken itself it's powerful, but it is now yielded. I can't handle a horse, not in my own strength. Neither can you. But if you work him right, you can make it to where he will follow your commands. He sees you now as the leader because you don't let him stop. You just keep him moving. And now he says, oh, this is the leader. I thought I was. Well, when this guy ain't around, I'm still the leader. And he'll get messed with the other horses and do that. We got one that's like that. He parts the waters like Moses. But you see, that animal has now been broken. It's been able to take on uh, the yoke and it yields to it. Its strength is actually under control. It's a powerful animal, but he don't run till you tell him. You hook him up to a log and you've trained him to pull logs, he don't go until you tell him. And he goes as far as you tell him, and he'll go as fast as you tell him, up until he gets to his limit. That's what he will do. He has a compliant spirit. That's what meekness is. A compliant spirit. Jesus did everything that God told him to do. Didn't he tell us that? What I'm telling you, I heard from the Father. You got a problem. It's not with me. It's with him. The Jews should have got that. They didn't. 
They said, oh no, you're calling yourself God and I'm not going to see that. I'm not going to be a part of that. I'm not going to know that. But, but think about this. Denise, you've got horses and you ride, right? You ever been thrown? Have they ever gotten spooked with you on their back? And that can happen. But you know you can take a horse to another level. Anybody ever been to New York City or seen on TV? The guy's on horseback. Now you take a horse that's been trained. That guy or that gal can get on that horse's back, walk around that busy city and all that concrete and asphalt, people everywhere running around, all the noise and all this stuff, and he is so in tune to the guy that's sitting on his back, it doesn't faze him. You go down there next to my horses and be talking to them and reach up and scratch your ear real fast, and they'll run halfway through the field. But these things will stay, and they're actually used for crowd control. You can take that horse and run it into people. They'll be throwing bottles and all kinds of things, and that animal will do what this guy says. He has been trained. His spirit hasn't been broken but he's been made to be compliant. He is now a tool that you can use. That's who we're supposed to be, the tool that the Lord Jesus can use. You see, that's what this is about. That's why I wanted to give you that, and it just came to me last night as I was sitting there. You see, first we've got to see ourselves as poor in spirit. We've got to realize we need Jesus. We've got to realize we need a Savior. That leads to salvation. God is holy. We can't even look on Him. You know that? It would kill us. We can't have the Spirit come down and work through us for very long because these natural bodies can't take it. I preach. I've been doing it since I got as better as I can, but I can tell you this, I don't feel it when I'm here. I feel it when I'm done. Why? Because it's the Spirit of God that's doing the work and He gives you the strength and then my leg says, wait a minute, we can't do that. And it gets this big, and I've got to go prop it up over my head so it'll go down. And people say, well, didn't you feel? No, I didn't feel anything. Because I asked God this morning, and I asked him all week, and I asked him again sitting over there this morning, Lord, use me. Let me be the tool that you use. Don't let me say something I shouldn't say. You feed me. You feed the people. And that's what I depend on. He is my rider so to speak he is my master and that's what we're talking about this morning having that compliant spirit and mourning over our sin you know when you get saved you ain't completely ain't doing things right you don't know I didn't but he teaches us he shows us and he will do it until the day that you die yes he will comfort you if you're mourning and you lost somebody you loved that's not exactly what he's getting at do you mourn over sin you see, when you're broken like that, then you go back to the Lord. That's the only way that you can go to the next level. That's the only way you can go to the next step. When you see brothers and sisters that are having problems, pray for them. Pray that the Lord will help you to talk to them in the word that they need to hear. If they don't get it, that's okay. You can't change them anyway. Only He can. But you can't not say nothing. Because if they're not in the Word, they're not receiving what the Word says, nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to happen. So yeah, we do have some correction. We do have reproof. But we also get enlightened. We also get happy. That's what blessed means. Doesn't mean you're going to be tickled to death what's going on in this world. No, I'm tickled to death because I know Jesus. 
And no matter what they do in this world, I'm going to go be with him. And I'm going to do everything I can to take as many as I can with me when I go. And spit back on the devil on my way. Because he messed up my life for a lot of years. Anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? I've been there, done that. Y'all heard a lot of my testimony. I used to be afraid to give that. Well, you're a preacher. You can't say that. No, no, it's not my story no more. It belongs to the Lord Jesus. If I don't want to tell it, then it's still mine. I never gave it to him. I might have thought I did. But now it's not about, oh, you're a bad guy. No, I was a bad guy. Now it's about this is who Jesus is. This is what he can do for you. you got a testimony you share. You say, well, I don't know much about the Word. You don't have to know a lot about the Word. All you got to do is tell what God has done for you. Has God done anything for anybody this week? Has he? Has he? Has he done something for you this week? Then you need to make it known because somebody needs to hear that. They need to know because they may be dealing with something so similar. Or the Holy Ghost can actually use your experience that it will apply to a person in another way that they're able to see. Because it's not my life. It's not your life anymore. If you're saved, you belong to him. We are to be submitted to him. I'm going to read a quote to you. And I want to find out if you agree with what this quote says. And this is what the world says, okay? But this is a quote. Get rid of your pious priests and their weak-livered gospel of mercy. Purge out your souls. Purge out your souls this disease, this devil of Christianity. Progress demands, depends on the strong man and the strong people. Therefore, be strong. Assert yourself. Be Superman. Do we hear that kind of language today? Do we? Do you know who said that? Well, that tells you that the devil's still using the same stuff because Adolf Hitler said that. He was going to build a super race because it's all about what you can do. Let me tell you something. I might not be able to beat you in a 40-yard dash, but God made me, and I'm still Superman with him. And so are you. doesn't matter where you're at, what you can and can't do. You belong to the king, and you walk with the king. Amen. He goes up on the mountain. You're up there with him. He wants to go down there. You go down there and walk with him. We can't do anything but walk with him. Amen? We need him every hour of every day. Amen. We need him. But that word is not so bad, is it? And we're not so far off from what they was thinking 70-some years ago. There's another way you can take a horse and do something to him. You can hobble him. Does anybody know what that means beside Denise and Jeff? Let's say you ride up into the mountains and you ain't got nowhere to tie him off. and You want him to be able to graze. You've been riding all day and he needs some food, right? So you put these straps on his feet you hobble him. So he can't run. He can move a little bit. He can graze a little bit. By the time you sleep eight hours, he ain't going to get about 100 yards. You can go catch him. Even if he's farther than that, you can still catch him because when you get close, he can't do much, but kind of like me, he just moves a little bit at a time. And that's one of the other ways that you can, you can take it and, and do that. But that, folks, is similar to what legalism is.
That's how you will cripple a horse. He can get hurt that way. Some people won't even do it because it can happen. Everything ain't done right. And it's the same thing with us as Christians. You get up on a horse's back that's hobbled, he's going to hurt himself and probably hurt you too. And you ain't going to go anywhere fast. And that's the kind of mindset that we have that we can also cripple Christians with legalism. We don't measure all the good that we've done based with all the bad that we've done. Because you see, we've run everything through our own filters. But the Bible tells us, he gives us this all throughout the Sermon on the Mount. Romans 6 and 19 says, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For ye have yielded your members' servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity. Even so now yield your members' servants to the righteousness unto holiness. You see, before we get saved, we were yielded to the devil. When you get saved, you're now yielded to the Lord. Think about it. I'm the same man I was fleshly, and as I'm learning, I'm learning more, but some things in my mind are still thinking along those flesh lines, but you've got to let the Lord come in and move. It's the same eyes, same ears, same nose, same mouth, same tongue, but it has a different ruler now. I don't use the words I used to use. People will have discussions and debates over, well, that's not really a cuss word. You know what? If you couldn't come up here and stand right here and say it and not feel right about it, that's the Holy Ghost telling you you shouldn't be doing it. Because if you're looking to find a loophole in how your language goes, you can find a loophole in anything you want. Amen? Isn't that the truth? But he says, even so now yield your members to righteousness, unto holiness. And I'm going to ask this morning, I ask myself this, and this has to be a daily question, is have I ever yielded? What have I not yielded? You see, that's the one thing we don't want to do, ain't it human nature? I tell everybody to stand up on this side, move to that side of the church. Some of you will do it, some of you will not move. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. Some of you will look around and see if everybody else is because you won't be sitting by yourself over here because we don't like being told what to do. And it's the most important thing for a Christian is to yield to the Lord. Every bit of it, not just the parts we want, every bit of it. We yield ourselves to Him. Let me ask you this. If you're sitting on a wagon and this wagon's heading down the road with a team of horses and they get real wild on you, and you've done everything you possibly can to get that team of horses under control. You're worried the thing's going to wreck. And you don't know what to do. You've tried everything, and now there's no escape. You're going to get hurt eventually. And you get scared. You get frightened. But there's a fellow over here sitting, and he knows how to handle them horses. What would you do? You'd hand the reins to him? That's exactly what our life is. You hand the reins of your life over to the Lord. You can't do it on your own. I can't do it on my own. We 
have to be able to let the Lord do as he sees. You see, we got to start trusting the Lord more. Can't quit coming up with our... I mean, we come up with ways. We go to conferences. You see what worked for this guy. He writes a 200-page book, and it's the greatest crave of all. We're, we're talking church talk now. We do it with other things, too. But that's the thing that just makes me so sick in the church world today. We go and look and see what this guy did to have success in his church. We look over there and say, well, man, they got like 400 people showing up. What are we doing wrong? I'll tell you what we're doing wrong. We haven't yet been able to say to the Lord, I can't. I've got there. I don't know how to do this. I can't lead a church. I don't know how to do it. Only Jesus can. You can try every gimmick you want. Danny, you can play whatever music you want. You're not going to get people into church. The ones that want to be entertained will be here for certain times. It's like going to a movie. I don't like that movie, but I like that movie. Whatever you want to do, do whatever you want to do. But the thing is, is we have to yield to the Lord. He has a plan for each and every person in here today. Did you know that? He knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. He has plans that we don't even know about. He knows the plans he has for us. And the only way we will get on board and follow the plans that he has is we have to yield to him. And yielding to him may say, like a horse, some horses you get them, they don't want to cross water. Be a little old bitty creek that you could walk across if your shoes were tall enough, you wouldn't even get your feet wet. And you get that horse there and it's like he done run into a mountain. And it's the same thing with us believers sometimes. Sometimes God's saying, hey, I'm, we're going up this trail. Here's an obstacle, but hold on to me because there is a way through it. And it's all right here in the book. It's all right here. There's an answer for everything that we need. It's right here. But we have to submit to him. We can't look at it and say, oh, I don't like that part. You don't know my family. That's how I was born. This is how we are. Absolutely, that's how you were. That's how you are. But you know what? You belong to Jesus now, and you do things a little bit differently. Amen. And that's where the morning comes in. When the Lord shows us something, I might preach it. You might hear it in Sunday school. You might hear it on radio or whatever. Whatever God has given you, and it strikes a chord, he is trying to show us how to get through it. Well, I don't necessarily believe that. That, that. Folks, we got so many religions going around in Christianity today all because the Spirit of God hadn't been able to lead. Do you think the Holy Ghost has got us 31,000 different denominations? Huh? No. That's man's doing. That's the devil's doing. That's pride. That's the flesh. Well, I don't like that part. I'm doing this. You stomp your foot. You're stomping your foot in the face of God. Because God says, no, this is what we're going to do. You might do something that somebody did across the country. Then again, you might not. But you've got to seek God. And we have to have hungry hearts for the Lord. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Are we brokenhearted for the things that breaks God's heart? I'm not talking about having a, a talking point like news people do, and church people do it too. No, are we on our face in the altar for our babies, for our spouses, for our family members, for our neighbors, for our friends? Are we broken enough that we're shedding tears because hell is going to be waiting on them? Or it's a believer that's going through life trying to do it their way and not God's way, and it seems like the bottom's always falling out. It seems like the bucket's got holes in it. 
You run yourself to death trying to fill it up. You get 10 feet away, it's empty again. You run back. Why do that? Isn't that crazy? What's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and over, expecting a different result. Makes no sense. See, if you ain't never been broken, you ain't never going to be meek. You can play the game with yourself if you want to. You can play the game with the people sitting around you. But God's there 24-7. Knows every thought. Knows everything that's going on. And we need to have ourselves broken. You've got to be submitted to Jesus. Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Y'all got that picture, George, you can put up? Now I asked my son last night if he knows what a yoke was. He had to think for a bit. He explained to me what it was. And I said, well, you know what? I'm going to make a picture. You see that cross beam going between those two oxen? That's a yoke. That's what a yoke is. And it lays across their neck. You notice that, right? Here's the one thing that people might not know. One of those is the leader. Y'all got that picture yet? You see a yoke that fits comfortably? That's what he said. He didn't say, we, well, my yoke, you're never going to have to work. He didn't say that. He didn't say that it was lazy. No, we go with Jesus where he goes, and sometimes it's a little bit difficult. But if you're yoked to him, he ain't getting off of the path. If you're getting off of the path from where Jesus is, the question is, is, are you really yoked to him? Picture the oxen taking a, pulling a wagon or whatever. You see, in our life, we realize we can't do this. We have to be broken. And we need to be yoked to Jesus. Which one's Jesus, you reckon? Yeah, he was looking ahead. The other guy's looking around, isn't he? Trying to figure a way out. That looks like an easier path over there. Now nah, he's like, no, nah, we've got to go this way. Anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? Have you been there? Have you been there? Yeah. I've been there. You've been there. We've all been there. And you know what? We're going to get to go there some more because he's growing us. He's making us into who he wants us to be. See, if you want to be a meek person today, you've got a decision to make. You can know Jesus and then ignore him. You can ask him into your heart. But it takes true repentance. And when he shows us something, see, Christianity is not about a bunch of do's and don'ts. I told you last week, we get our own list, and I could get every one of you to write down a good list for me, and there's going to be some stuff different in it. Of our do's and don'ts. This makes me a good Christian. But it all fits. Those do's and don'ts gets us in trouble. That's when we can't be ministered to. Do you understand what I'm talking about? You can't be ministered to if you're not going to be meek. 
Well, I don't necessarily agree with that. I mean, think about it, folks. Go pick you up three different commentaries. Pick a denomination, ours included, and see what the differences are. I will make you this, this right. And maybe I shouldn't, but I'm going to. Somebody in that list, maybe all of those in that list, did not hear from the Holy Ghost. A house divided against itself will not stand. We can pick and choose. We do that, don't we? There's some things we like more than we like others. But whenever, you know, Wednesday night in, in Bible, Bible study, Brother Randy was teaching us, this is the mirror. You, you, you remember when uh, overhead projectors, you know, they'd shine up on the wall, and if you had one image here, and then what you had on the other was on clear, and if you laid it across it, you could tell where it was off. That's what the Bible is. Are we looking in the mirror enough? I'm talking about let's get into the place God wants us. We want the Spirit of God moving in our church. Is He moving or is He not? And if He's not, why? Are we meek enough? There's more than two or three gathered together here in His name, then why isn't He moving? Why isn't he doing the work? Or have we come up with our own ideas of what it, his movement is? We're going to go somewhere in just a second and then I'm done. There was a fellow several years ago who came to our church and he knew how to play the game. He knew how to do the walk. You know what I'm talking about. I'm not making fun. I want the Spirit of God to move. If he wants you to run up and down the house, listen to him and follow him. If he wants you weeping on your face, listen to him and follow him. Because that's where he's going to minister at. For you. Not for others to see. No, for you. Just us. It's just you and Jesus. It's just me and Jesus. Even though we're in a room together. Everybody thought, boy, this guy's got the Spirit of God. This old cop knows, figured out he was full of bourbon. And I tried so hard to minister. Poor guy was laying in the hospital a few weeks later because I came down off his floor when I was preaching and he came walking up through there and I done smelled him that morning. I said, this is not of God. This is not of God. What was sad, there was some spirit-filled people who said, man, that guy's really got everything going, but they didn't know everything. They didn't know everything. That wasn't God. Uh-uh, that wasn't God. It's because they said, well, that's what God acts like. Anybody know any actors? There's people rich in this world today, and we watch movies. We watched one last week, a Christian movie, but they were actors. They weren't the real characters. Do you understand what I'm talking about this morning? The only way that we have the spirit moving in us is to have that meekness. Meekness. Is what he gives to us. We have to be responsive to the word of God if we're ever going to be meek. Because remember, meekness is submission. It's power submitted. It's control submitted. That's what it is. Dylan, you saved a few weeks back, and thank God. You doing okay, buddy? 
Because I sure have been praying for you because I know you're going to fight some battles. The devil's going to try to come at you with the old stuff. You just keep standing up. You keep praying, and if you ever have a need, you call me. What me and you talk about, nobody else hears except the Lord. That's what I go by. I stand by that. Nobody else is going to know it. You might tell it. You might tell it. I won't. Only one I'm talking to about it is the Lord Jesus because that's where the help comes from. You understand that? But as you grow as a Christian, everybody in here, as you grow as a Christian, we're to be meek. We're to have that meekness in us. James said in James 1 and 21, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. You see, we can come in, we can learn all the Bible lessons we want, we can learn all the scriptures we want, we can read the Bible all we want, but without the Spirit of God, it ain't going to get here. We'll run it through our own filter and decide, okay, I like that part, oh yeah, and, and everybody over here, y'all need to do that. We walk around, hey, but Eddie, you're getting out of line now. Linda, what's wrong with you? We find our own thing. But that's not what God does. That's not how he rolls at all. He will work with you. He will always change you if you'll let him, if you'll hang on to him. And it takes a spirit of meekness to inherit the earth. We're coming back here one day, folks. Did you know that? One day this thing, I told you all a few weeks, one day this whole thing's going to be gone. But for a thousand years, we're going to be ruling and reigning with him. And if you've been faithful over little, he'll make you ruler over much. That's what the Bible says. You inherit the earth. Sweetie, you can deed me 50 acres of land if you want, but if Jesus is going to give me the whole earth, why in the world would I follow you? He's going to give me a big inheritance. You're just going to give me a little one. Huh? You see, you and I, we can't even produce meekness. I'm going to tell you what the definition is right here. I read it, looked it up in the uh, concordance. It's, it's proetes. And it means gentleness or humility or meekness. You see how they go together? The gentleness, a gentle spirit. That's a meek spirit. Humility. We humble ourselves. You're not humble if you're not humbling yourself to the Word. When you humble yourself to the Word, God says, okay, I've known this has been there all along. You've been walking with me for 20 years now, and now it's time. You are now ready, and you're going to face this because this has to get cleaned up. Do you understand what I'm talking about? A person who has never got meekness has never been broken. Does that make sense? And so we have to let ourselves be broken. And we can't produce it by ourselves, can we? Just like the guy that was full of bourbon, he can't produce the Holy Ghost. He can make it look like that, but it's not real. And sometimes we walk around looking in the mirror. We won't even look at what's in the mirror. We don't want to see it. We don't want to know. But God says, hey, I want you growing with me. I want you to be with me. In Galatians 5, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, or meekness, self-control, against such there is no law. You see, I've done told you, try this week to be meek. Do it of your own accord and find out. Somebody is going to take you to a place that you ain't going to be Jesus-like. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Where you go to work at, where you hang out at, maybe even in the church here it might happen. doesn't matter. 
If you're meek, you're meek. Because you see, it's only produced, it's the fruit of the Spirit. It's one of the parts of the fruit of the Spirit. You and I can't produce it. We can only bear it. You'll know them by their fruits or by their fruit. We can't make it happen. But God can. God can. Stand to your feet this morning. I, I, I... I pray this morning that each and every one of you will, it, will seek and receive something from the Lord because he's got something for everybody in here. Did you know that? He's got something for everybody. He's got something for me. I can preach my heart out. I can beg you to come to this altar, and I've done that. And it was like trying to pull teeth out of a, of a stubborn mule. Because Ken's trying to do it. Ken ain't trying no more. You either love it because you've got a decision to make. It's up to you. I'm going to make an invitation here in just a minute. I could have got you up and had you clapping and shouting and running all over the place, but I'm going to tell you when it comes time to sit down to business with the Lord, people won't come. I can do everything in my power to beg you, please come and receive what God has for you. You're in a ditch in your life. And he has the answer for you. Not saying you're not saved, but what I'm saying is you're choosing to walk down here when he's saying, I'm going to walk up here. And we shouldn't be doing that. And there's not a person I believe in this church this morning that don't need God doing something in their life, helping them to see something, helping them to, to maybe be able to receive what he has. A different set of eyes maybe to see it the way he sees it. You see, you look around you this morning, there are people that are old, there are people that are young, and a whole bunch in between. Fat ones, skinny ones, it don't matter. It doesn't matter. Jesus made you who you are. And every one of us has a need this morning. And if you don't know who Jesus is as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to make that invitation. But you are the one that makes the choice. You are the one that will make the choice of receiving this word this morning, the word that God had for us. You choose whether you do or don't, but choose wisely. As I watch people walk in the doors every Sunday morning, and I'm going to tell you, folks, we got a lot on us. We really and truly do. But we serve a great king. And I see all the weight walking in the door. You can't tell me it's not there. Christians who at one time were laughing and jolly are... You know what I'm talking about? And then I watch him get up an hour later, or 15 minutes if Ken gets too long, and they walk out the same way. I want to walk out of here without this brace on, without this cane. That's what I want. And I know God can. Right. Amen. Amen. I know he can. Yes, he can. If he chooses not to, I'm good with that. He don't have to do what I tell him. I do what he tells me. You know, I'm, he's the master, not me. And we got to quit sitting on the throne and being the master and let the master be the master. Amen. Amen. And I want to invite you to come this morning. Come this morning. Play something, Brother George. Come this morning. This is for everybody. If you want to come, you can sit in your seat. You can do whatever you want. But please, receive what God has for you. Meekness shall inherit the earth.